Welcome to the Amphibian Press Podcast. I'm V.S. Holmes, and with me today for the third time is author Katherine Hudson. Uh, and we're going to be talking a little bit about Sleepwater Static, which is the second in the Blue Helix series, and also, of course, about all of the amazing, awesome projects that are coming up for her. So just to give you a little glimpse of Sleepwater Static, I will read you the blurb. They say home is where the heart is. Now that Sleepwater's on the run, home is just another place to hide. Wyoming's Sleepwater chapter is on the run, hunted for their ability to spin a beat. With little time to mourn the members they've lost, Bernadette Manny takes the group to the one place she swore she would never see again, the cabin in Hollywood, South Carolina. It's remote enough to lay low and catch a break, but not for long. Their beats are condemned as mutations, radical terrorist tactics, and felonies punishable both by and outside the law. Bernadette thought Sleepwater would be safe here but returning to her southern roots unleashes more demons than she left behind. Her past, her love, and even her own flesh and blood won't let her move through a venomous society intent on rooting out her people. Now to bring a mother's first child safely into an unsafe world, Bernadette must face her, her own shame from before Sleepwater itself was born. But redemption and forgiveness may be too much to ask, and it may just be too late. So thank you so much for joining me. I love that we can have this whole series of conversations over the past three years about your work. Um, and I just, I can't wait to, to dive back in. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I, I love coming on every single time. It's always a great chat. And I know that you always have awesome questions for me. So, Well, I was, I was going back through to, to listen to make sure, you know, like I'm not going to repeat myself or, or whatever. And I was noticing it is almost each year like oh not not to the day obviously but like almost to the month which is like I don't know just kind of wild yeah that's pretty great it's pretty great and we we started off our own careers at the same time too yes <laughs> that's how how we met each other yeah <laughs> which is awesome yeah so uh tell me a little bit about Sleepwater Static and you know we, we chatted about the first book um in our second interview and a little bit about the inspiration because I remember you saying that you know you didn't intend for this to be a series which I you know I don't think any of us intend things to be series and then it and then it happens um so how did how did your inspiration change sort of going back into this world so there was obviously you know the realization that the story of Sleepwater as a whole and this dystopian world in the very very near future um from now was not finished. There was still a lot more to say. You know, the um, Sleepwater Beat ended pretty well tied up. Um, mm -hmm. I've gotten a lot of, you know, feedback from, from readers who love it that say, you know, the ending was perfect in that um, it ended with hope <laughs> <laughs> amidst all the chaos. For once for you. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, it doesn't, there's a tiny, tiny bit of hope. Um, and which yeah, I don't do <laughs> a lot of but yeah, that it let that it left things open for the story to continue. Um, and I wasn't sh sure. Actually, when I first wrote the book, I thought it was complete and finished, and that probably led to the ending being uh, so well-rounded, I suppose. Um, but then I couldn't get the story out of my mind, and I had so many people ask me about what's coming next and when is the next book and I want to hear about this character and this character and um so then I started formulating more plans um and then actually I went I had an author event at a, a library here in Vermont Public Library and it was a book group like a book club that had uh come to speak with me about Sleepwater Beat and every single person in this book club have I talked about this before I I think you've you've mentioned the the book club um but you didn't I don't think you mentioned exactly what what they said just that they were super excited which is I mean it's so neat to talk to people who've actually read your stuff because that doesn't always happen yeah as an author. complete strangers I got yeah. to talk to them in person um but they so it was so cool because there was pretty much every single um demographic that I had represented in Sleepwater Beat was uh in attendance in this book club and meeting with me at the library which was so phenomenal because I got to see how how the book that I had written was 
being received by the people who identify with mm-hmm. the characters and stories I had written and it was it was so incredible um and then one one woman who was there had asked me if I was planning on um writing anything else and addressing race at all mm-hmm. and I had um gone to another library event and spoken with readers there as well about the book and someone else there asked if who hadn't read the book asked Mm -hmm. if if race was um addressed with all these other marginalized communities I was um trying to represent with Sleepwater Bee and that got me thinking a lot about okay so I have put myself and my own demographic and my own like the communities that I belong to into Sleepwater Bee and I totally didn't even think about race at all I have mm-hmm. some I have some mixed race characters in Sleepwater Beat but I never really dove into approaching their race as you know it was just who they were and part of the story mm-hmm. but it was never explored more deeply and so that got things forming in my head and I read a bunch of books from some other author uh, friends of mine and people whom I had met <laughs> at a writer party in uh, in Vermont uh, last summer, actually, and it really, really got me thinking about how I wanted to continue Sleepwater's story and the story of people who are in this, you know, fictional marginalized community of people who have this supernatural ability uh, with the power of their words and are are being quite fiercely discriminated against because of it and um and I was able to approach topics of race and racism and discrimination in that way while also giving it I feel the the um, the respect and the proper highlighting that Mm -hmm. I wanted to to show these issues um through continuing the sleepwater story so um Leo, who's the main character in Sleepwater Beat, book one, is very much, uh, I mean, she <laughs> she was born and raised in the Midwest and has <laughs> not had a lot of um, experience with, with people of color. And, you know, there really was none of that written into the first book. Um, and so I knew that I needed to focus on a different character for that. And Bernadette Manny just fascinated me when I wrote her into Sleepwater Beat. She's, you know, the sort of matriarch mm-hmm. uh, who's still very, like, aloof and standoff- standoffish and like, well, y'all just do whatever you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here for the ride. Um, but she she really is more than that. And so I I then ended up blending my own experience as a mother and as a, a woman who's lived in South Carolina and who has not not necessarily experienced racism and discrimination aimed toward me based on my race, but I've seen it and I have um, stepped in to, I don't want to say to stop it or correct it, but I have stepped up and said things about it when, when I have seen it. And, um, you know, we we have a lot of friends who are people of color and so is my husband's brother-in-law and our niece. And so it felt like another issue that, that is closer to home. And I surprisingly was able to identify quite a bit with a 71 year old woman uh, who's from South Carolina. So um, that's where that came from. And I, and I was able to continue Sleepwater's story through her perspective and through writing more of this world, um, this dystopian world in a completely different lens than the the sort of underbelly of society that we saw through Leo, you know, through her homelessness and her dad's drug addiction and mm-hmm. all of the trouble that she got herself into, which was way more aligned with my own personal experience at the same ages that Leo was. Um, but I, I think I, I really love the way that Sleepwater Static turned out, and it's not nearly as hardcore action and thriller <laughs> based, and you know there aren't any gunfights or explosions. There's um, a few. <laughs> but, yeah, there, there yeah, are references. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, references to it. Um, but, but not in the thick of it. But really, you know, and that was part of 
part of naming the book as well with static being you know white noise and also describing the stasis I suppose that that Sleepwater as a group is experiencing in this time when they're running and trying to find a place to be safe um, from various different organizations who are coming after them while one of their members is so pregnant and about to explode with a baby <laughs> and they have to deal with all of that um, at the same time and and it was a, a perfect way to get Bernadette to go back to where she came from and to face the things that she abandoned and that she felt that she had broken beyond all repair um there's a long answer (laughs) (laughs) no no I like I I like the long answers and I I do think you because when you know as as white people trying to you know make our books as inclusive as possible um without like you know being an asshole or just you know doing things wrong (laughs) um I I think the way you did it showing you know Mm -hmm. Bernadette cares so much about people who are people of color you know no no spoilers about as to why um necessarily (laughs) but you know Mm -hmm. she she loves these people and so you know she feels it on that level but you know it's not necessarily directed at her in the same way um as it is Mm -hmm. to them I think that's a really great way to integrate it and you know paint it in an empathetic way but also you know say you know it's not as bad for me but you know and and I I just think you did a a great job with that and you really nailed I mean so disclaimer I've read the second book for for those of you listening (laughs) I've I've read the second book and I am partway through the first book um, because I I don't like to follow rules (laughs) 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 no that's that's great way to break them right um well you said they were standalones in in our second interview so you know I I felt like I could do that and um Mm -hmm. and I definitely I definitely could but I I did feel especially now sort of going backwards right I really feel that static part and that Mm -hmm. sort of building um momentum that's also very quiet and I think my husband and I were recently talking about war and how war is more often quiet than it Mm -hmm. is action um, you know, like the vast majority of it is just waiting. And you really, really did a great job with that because that's sometimes more taxing, just that slow buildup, which I think we're all feeling on a very right now, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. <laughs> and of course, you know, like I, I was reading this right at the beginning of quarantine, so it, it worked out well. Um, but it is that like that mm. slow buildup, which is just agonizing. And I can't, yeah. I cannot wait to A, finish the first book and B, read whatever's coming next so yay (laughs) (laughs) thank you yeah Yeah, that was I I wondered how how readers who really really love Sleep Water Beat would how they would react to Sleep Water Static because it's the same story same core group of characters um and far less action um and intense you know thriller style moves (laughs) But uh, it's for it was it was definitely intentional, definitely for a reason. So it's it's been really good to hear so far. Uh, you know, my advanced readers that they have enjoyed the story just as much for its different uh, for its different elements. It's awesome. Yeah. So hold on, I'm going back to my questions here. Oh yeah. Um, so both are written with these sort of dual time periods. You you go back and forth and then, you know, separated with vignettes of, in the first book, the news reports and things like that. And then in the second book, you know, these, these letters between pen pals. Mm-hmm. And when you wrote the first one, it was sort of like, oh, I'm going to try this, this non-chronological thing. And you were talking about cutting up the scenes and then taking out the, the chronological yeah. ones. And right. was it different for you? Like, did, what was your process different when you were going into Sleepwater Static, knowing that this is what you were doing? Yeah, it was, there were definitely some places where I had to write out a timeline um, Mm -hmm. and do some math in terms of what, what were the years that this happened and how old my characters were. Um, But it was actually really great to know that this, this was the, um, the rhythm that I wanted to take 
through the these revolving chapters of going from you know present to past to letters and world building that way um and i also found myself getting to this point where i would you know i would write a chapter from the the current uh timeline and bernadette's present when she's 71 and i would go back through um to when she was younger and describe you know these write these scenes of different periods in her life where things were really starting to happen for her and um the letters between bernadette and janet were they're really just only letters from janet mm-hmm. um they they instantly it just felt right to have them take on a a correlation you know between what we just saw from Bernadette's past Mm -hmm. and then what someone else's perspective was of what we just saw um and then it it turned out that somehow in weird ways Janet's letters led right back into the present timeline so it was just all this this constant loop and and a part of that was you know bringing around the story full circle within the story as in you know 30 years had passed between the time Bernadette left Charleston um, and kind of went on her own version of being on the run. And I guess it was 20 years. See, math, math is not my thing. Um, 20 years. And, um, and then kind of just showing this, you know, no time has passed at all that she's still in contact with a few people from her past and that she can reconnect with, with, Daryl, um, mm-hmm. and he he treats her and talks to her as if they had stayed in contact for twenty mm-hmm. years. You know, so it's just kind of this perpetual repeating cycle of time can go on and on, and so many things can happen, but how much really changes mm-hmm. and um, or doesn't I've found that <laughs> exactly, I, yeah. exactly, and and I have found that to be such a very strange, surreal. Um, returning to things in my own life and mm-hmm. it was cool to write that in there but um there there wasn't a lot of planning process for this <laughs> book either um I knew where I wanted it to end I knew what I wanted to happen um and I did have to change a few of the scenes from Bernadette's past in into different parts of the story because it was all chronological at that point so mm-hmm. um some that I'd written first I ended up switching with different chapters later in the book um but for the most part I think it was it was definitely a lot easier and I wasn't working with pre-written scenes and pieces that I was pulling from a failed short story and doing surgery I was just writing from the beginning which yeah it's so much easier Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah I love that thing about people just picking up where they left off because I think a lot of our really deep friendships can do that and Mm -hmm. I mean maybe those are really the only ones where you you go back and and reconnect with people um, are the ones that where that would work. But my like hands down, my favorite types of scenes to to write and to read. um, And I think this started probably with like reading fan fiction um, are reunion scenes. (laughs) So like this, this whole book, you know, especially like all the anticipation about like what's going on inside the, you know, the the world as a whole, but also the Mm -hmm. anticipation of what we know pretty much from very early on in the book, what she's going to have to do. And the fact that she's going right. to have to reunite and reconnect with these people the entire time. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I know it's coming. Yes. My favorite types what, of scenes. Gonna be like right. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was really fun for me as a, as a reader. Oh, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think last time we spoke, um, your goals were to write more books, you know, sort of knowing what you knew then. Well, because this is like double past tense now, <laughs> um, you know, as, as, as opposed to sort of like learning as you go. And I mean, it's only been, been a year, but have you, have you found that you've been able to do that? Or is it, you know, just like still kind of a wild ride? I think it's probably always a wild ride. But... It's always a wild ride. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but since, since we last talked, I have, um, uh, on your show, I should yeah. say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, we we talk like two days ago. We talk like all the time. Um, My ghostwriting career has exploded um, as well as my, my writing output, shall Mm -hmm. we say. Um, And I found that it is, it's a lot more difficult for me to um, complete my own books 
on a on an extended timeline so if I which is how I operate under pressure and I thrive mm-hmm. under like the weight of everything falling down on top of me so um <laughs> if I have you know if I have six months to write my next book I'm gonna write it in the last two weeks and that's just <laughs> how it is um I did I didn't do that with Sleepwater Static I think I wrote I wrote the last 25,000 words of Sleepwater Static in week um and that was the week before I had to have it into the editor and then you know it went to a bunch of readers and so that's not really something that I I don't enjoy that part um it it, was not very sustainable like I mean it I guess because I because I sort of do the same thing right (laughs) <laughs> all the, I write I write three times that much a week, yeah so it's but it's not for my own work you know and not right. not for my my own creativity when it was there's a different writing style that I use when I am ghostwriting and that is um it's very specific um and my own stuff my own books fiction that I write is not the same style and it wouldn't fly with a, a, a lot of a lot of the readers of what I ghostwrite. Um, I did find that you know where normally I'm writing about 2,000 words an hour for ghostwriting when I'm working mm-hmm. um, I that was cut down to like 12 or 15 uh, hundred words an hour when I was writing Sleepwater Static and that I think probably because I pay a lot more attention to the, mm-hmm. the the kinds of words and the flow of sentence structure and the you know it's it's not so much it feels more like art and more like myself mm-hmm. which obviously <laughs> because <laughs> I'm good. writing in my voice and not mm-hmm. someone else's um, but I I definitely know you know for for the next projects coming up in the next books I need to take my time and I need to stay consistent with it and that's what I'm really trying to um do (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and I've been you know the next books that I'm working on they're being that are mine that I'll be publishing um under my name are are much longer works in progress and they just have to be uh because oh all my other writing time is, you know, <laughs> writing things for other people, which I love and it's fantastic and it's going very, very well. Um, but uh, that's that's what makes you know these new um, releases for me so exciting. You know, I haven't put a book out <clears throat> since Sleepwater Static, actually, or Sleepwater mm-hmm. Beats, um, which was in that was November of 2018. So it's been quite some time, <laughs> and uh, I'm happy to to put that out there now our writing processes sort of always are in flux a little bit because we're always learning new ways to I don't know write <laughs> you're right yes <laughs> to we do should, the thing we should be <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if we're doing things right and not just like stagnating you know that's that's definitely the case but I I think it's fun like that's like part of why I love having people back on the show is because you know one of my questions usually is like oh so like what's next what are you doing whatever and then being able to say like so so did you do it though <laughs> right <laughs> how about that like, yeah. did it actually work out <laughs> yeah um which actually like that that sort of led into another thing I wanted to ask um which is like let's let, let's get deep <laughs> okay so, for those of us who who follow you you mentioned that there's a a scene like a, a short passage in Sleepwater Static that like really really hit you as as you're writing it and might have even like pulled a few tears out of your your cold hard heart there (laughs) Uh it happens rarely but apparently that's the first time I've ever cried actually writing something of my own so yeah (laughs) wow I I think probably each one of my books has made me cry at like some point but I cry at Windex commercials so like that's nothing special I just cry like all the time and you don't even have a kid like, I know no I mean I, yeah like I I just it started in in 2016 the, the crying all the time started in 2016 oh, yeah which was what what I thought was a really bad year and now like looking outside <laughs> if only we knew I, yeah it's, um <laughs> it's hard it's hard I know I know it's hard yeah um but do you find that as your your process sort of changes and then also as as your voice changes 
that you're being more honest with your writing or is it just like a new side that maybe you hadn't touched in a while? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All of the above. Um, Yes, absolutely. I am being more honest um, and especially, especially with the Blue Helix books. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Sleep Water Beat was really scary for me to put out because it, it was all of my honesty wrapped up in fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but with enough reflections of myself in it that those who know me personally in my life would be like, hmm, <laughs> is she writing about herself? Like, there's a lot in here that I'm like, okay, might be her. Um, and, and that was scary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a huge fear about people reading my stuff and then saying, oh, like I don't I don't want to do anything I don't want to have anything to do with that and you know I hope that that is actually a real thing that continues (laughs) like that people actually some people will say nope not for me (laughs) just good because then that then that's when I know that I'm I'm hitting my my target mark there with people who are into the stuff I'm into Mm -hmm. and who are into what I what I create um but it is being very very honest in a in an unapologetic way mm-hmm. um while still while still balancing it with being respectful and um inclusive and uh yeah just honest just mm-hmm. honest not not being not being a jerk about it um because of course I I don't want to do that and there are definitely characters who are jerks and there are definitely situations they're like this is this is awful why is this happening um I just said awful that was so weird (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile Um, in New York (laughs) yeah I guess well I mean I'm very close to New York and Vermont so it's I I should be speaking like I'm Canadian instead I don't know (laughs) um but yeah there's a lot of honesty going on there and a lot you know and it's I know that there will be people in my extended family um, and perhaps even friends. So for, for most of our, our friends living in South Carolina, it's not um, as big of an issue, but there, there definitely will be extended family of mine in South Carolina who will read this book and may or may not understand what I was trying to do. And you know, like see themselves in it, maybe people, exactly. <laughs> yeah. White people extended family who perhaps hmm. may see themselves in it and who perhaps may get uh, real angry, mm-hmm. not at me, but you know. And I know that that that's not what it is. I know that you know someone's like, oh my gosh, this is awful. That it's not a reflection of me or my writing or what they think of me as a person. It's them mm-hmm. um, seeing themselves. And um, if you're gonna be a mirror, you've right. got to be clean and clear and (laughs) the honesty right there I almost said under control (laughs) (laughs) it just has to not look like your bathroom mirror does most of the time right (laughs) yeah yeah that I'm glad you said that because I (laughs) thought that we were just (laughs) really dirty over here (laughs) I mean like Um, we try right we we all try but we do try we do but yeah and and it's definitely um a different writing style too and I have noticed that quite a bit I, I took a long long break from writing um after I wrote uh like you know his children duology and coming back into writing the unclaimed trilogy that was much different um and then uh, and that I've been working on sleepwater feet and sleepwater static blue helix series and that is such a hugely different writing style um and then the the two other fantasy projects I have going on one is super super dark queer fantasy uh that's just everything is blood mm-hmm. and you know revenge and power and um the other one is like <laughs> dark urban fantasy um with you know just all the urban fantasy tropes there and uh those are completely different styles from each other um and so i may just maybe that's what what uh has made me as successful of a ghostwriter as I am as I have so many of my own voices mm-hmm. I have so many of my own personas and hats that I wear um in my life and in my fiction that um it makes this possible so yeah it's definitely been 
I've definitely had to be way more honest with the Blue Helix series, especially because it's um, so closely reflective of real life right now. It's set in our world. It's got the same, you know, basic historical timeline with some extra little shifts in there. Um, and it's, I'm writing the Blue Helix series because I, I want people to see what I see, what mm-hmm. so many other people see, what um, the majority of people, not the majority, what a lot of people are not willing to look at right um, right now, you know, and mm-hmm. if I can do my part in a tiny little way to open some eyes and make these topics and, and discussions more accessible because it's through a good story, then I... I count that as a high level of success. <laughs> yeah. Personally. So. Well, I think it's it's interesting when writing sci-fi fantasy, even if it's set in in our world, you know, whether it's like urban fantasy or like near future sci-fi or whatever, trying to make it relatable and make it like honest like that without falling into the sort of classic fantasy um pitfalls that a lot of a lot of books have where it's like oh well that's the bad guy and we know he's the bad guy because he's a rapist and like that's it like there's no there's nothing else going on there um you know I'm sure everyone knows exactly who I'm talking about without naming a name and (laughs) and I it's, it's sort of this this weird duality because you want to portray characters whose struggles are you know the same as ours but not in a way that just is like, well, that's, that's all you get. You know, this is, this is just the way the world is because you are creating a world that you want to see, you know, or, or one that you want to build or, or whatever it is. And it's just such a strange line to walk, you know? No, it it definitely is hard. I, I, I never have bad guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, never. (laughs) Uh, what? No, I, I talking to cat. <laughs> what? No, I'll say this. I never have the bad guy because all of my characters are bad guys and all of my characters are good guys. And the epic fight is not against someone else, it's against themselves. Mm-hmm. And that is the story of my life. And Most that's all I know. Right? Like Yeah, well, yeah, you know, and and so like, yeah, not to say that, like, oh, everyone else's life is perfect. And <laughs> um, yeah, we, that is what we struggle with, you know, and some more than others, some people do have bad guys mm-hmm. in their lives. Um, some people don't. And, but uh, I, I find, I find the original fantasy chosen one questing trope mm-hmm. uh, be incredibly boring and so I I will take elements of that sure and I and I will completely rip them apart um or make it seem like that's what I'm doing until it's not (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it is it is it is that fine line to walk and um you know I, I had a bit of reservation and perhaps even you know a few nights of ugly crying in my glass of whiskey uh (laughs) worrying about um not I didn't I didn't want to get up on a platform with a bullhorn right uh, with sleep water static and you know scream at some platform Mm -hmm. of my own out to the world um and I have had more feedback from people of an incredibly wide range of demographics it's um that's not at all what I was doing and Mm -hmm. so far as I've heard it it has come every single person who's read it has come back and said I I got this and this and this out of it Mm -hmm. um you know it hit me in this place of the feels and that's been awesome and that's also been like a a great eye-opener for me that you know I'm not I'm not writing to different groups of people mm-hmm. I'm writing to everybody and everyone's going to get something out of it and that's that is the best part mm-hmm. well because like none of us none of us are monoliths when we're you know of, of a certain demographic but we're also none of us are one single demographic either correct and 
you know, it's like, I, I think that was one of the wonderful things that you sort of built with the Sleepwater community is you have all of these people who have this one thing in common and maybe may more than one thing in common, but they're also so vastly different and they struggle mm -hmm. with that. And then, but you know, they, they also overcome it and they also find connection even through their differences. And like, I mean, my, my review of, of Sleepwater <laughs> Static, which you can find on my on my website if you want um <laughs> quick plug um you know i i say this is like the series our, our world needs right now and i think you know the, we can't get enough of that message of like just listen to each other just you know like you don't have to agree but right just just listen yeah. for a second and you know see if you can get something out of it <laughs> so right Right. Or, you know, and if you're not willing to look at something, at least you have a good story. Right. You know, like at least you've got a bit of entertainment, a bit mm -hmm. of escape. And perhaps, hopefully, that good story sticks in your mind. Mm -hmm. May help some people get to a place eventually down the road where they're ready to listen. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, or, you know. Or not, but. <laughs> you know. may just, people may just throw the book across the room. And, and then, you know, at that point, like, I've done something well enough to make someone want to throw it across the room. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I remember one of our, our previous conversations on the podcast. We were talking about how sometimes bad reviews are, like, just as, just as valuable. And I think that's, that's going back to that, you know, the, the feedback that we get sometimes of, well, you know, this isn't right. This, this is just like, you know, too, too evil or too, whatever it happens to be, or too bloody or too gay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's like, well, but, but is it though? And, you know, maybe that'll help people find it who, who need it. And if someone writes a review where they're like, oh, I threw this book across the room because, you know, it's, it's not white enough or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that's on you, buddy. Sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that is not the author's fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I recently got a review that was sort of um, critical about some of the relationships in my book. And I was like, yeah, awesome. You're right. They are super Good. dysfunctional. I love it. You know? Yeah. It's that, that was the point. It's, it was that way for a reason. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so sort of sort of switching gears you know you, you mentioned some of these new projects that you're working on um which at the time of recording are still secret but we we, we will see <laughs> um tell me a little bit about some of the things that you're exploring with that and you know if, if you don't want to name titles that's fine but um just just dive into that a little bit so this urban fantasy project is um it's slated as a five book series and it, I really never thought that I would be writing urban fantasy under my own name, like at all, ever, mm -hmm. um, until I started, uh, the, the majority of what I ghost right now is urban fantasy, and, uh, those books have been doing very, 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 very well, um, and, you know, I, I got drunk on all the reviews that, you know, <laughs> it's hard not to, right? They're <laughs> true. They're for something I wrote, but under someone else's name, and I still, I still, uh, uh, stalk the <laughs> review pages because I want to know, right. I want to see what people are thinking, and um, well, and it's and good feedback too. Like even if it's a different absolutely. style, like you said, you know, it's exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, um, I sat on, I sat on that for about uh, six months see how all these books were doing and and how well they just continued to be received and I was like okay all right I'm I'm gonna pull this into my own my own deal because if if people are loving it this much I can I can do something as well and so it's still dark it's still not it is not fluffy by any means mm -hmm. and um there's a, a lot of violence and darkness, and I mean, you know, the the main character is a convicted felon, and the story starts months after she gets released and has to find a job. So that's real. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. real, and there's there's a lot of stuff there. So I'm I'm really excited to dive into her character while also keeping it, you know, I mean, it's it's urban fantasy, and it is it's my attempt 
at taking what I've learned uh, mm-hmm. through ghostwriting so much of this for, for a much wider audience. And it is relatively more mass market mm-hmm. um, fiction. But I can put my own spin on it. Right. And I can put my own name on it. <laughs> and, <laughs> more to um, the point. <laughs> I, right, exactly. And I, I really, I really, really, really am excited to see um, how my current readers respond mm-hmm. Uh, to this new style um, because of course there are some stories there are some series uh, that I have ghost written in the past where I really have not enjoyed it at all but I did it and um, and they worked out <laughs> which is great and then there are some that I you know have dived into with everything and have loved them so much while still maintaining this this different style than what I've ever used for my own work mm-hmm. um, and so I I've come to realize that I can have the best of both worlds um, and put them together on the writing end. <laughs> I'm still waiting to see if, if I can have the best of both worlds on the on the publishing and uh, book sales and <laughs> reader enjoyment. And mm-hmm. so uh, that is that is yet to be uh, discovered. But I have been putting a, a lot of work into writing this urban fantasy series um using the same kind of tropes and the tricks that I've learned ghostwriting and then also uh with a little bit of extra mentoring help um using some pretty like tried and true formulas so there's a lot of uh a lot more work going into this not it's not harder right it's just different I'm not I'm not panting you know I'm actually plotting um chapters by by chapter which is insane like I don't (laughs) do that and when I started I was like this is gonna be weird it's it wasn't nearly as hard as changing gears from writing in my own style to uh writing in someone else's style as a ghostwriter um and realizing that what I love is not what they want (laughs) now I've come to the point where I can I can love this thing and inject it into something that a lot of people will enjoy. So that's that's a fun thing there. It's a big experiment and we'll yeah. just have to see how it goes. <laughs> have you have you found because like obviously you said you, you have these two voices. Have you found that as you're writing this series, you're hitting somewhere in the middle with those voices? Or is it still very much your I mean obviously it's it's always your voice, but like, it's still very much your voice, the way you write your other series. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's a mix. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a mix. So, um, you know, I didn't want to start like a new epic fantasy right. series, um, or, you know, something along the, the veins of what I've already written, um, in epic or dark, grim dark, set in, you know, medieval, mm-hmm. what have you fantasy uh because I knew that it was going to be a different voice um using these things that I've learned and different techniques and what have you Uh, so I wanted to pick a new genre Mm -hmm. and and I think that the the genre is a lot more urban fantasy is a lot more conducive to the type of humor and offset to all the darkness 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 Mm -hmm. all the time um so I'm going with that, but my voice is definitely still there. Uh, mm-hmm. There are there are places where I there are places where I'm like, yeah, I know that this is probably where I would have taken things if I were ghostwriting this. Uh-huh, I'm gonna take it mm-hmm. the complete opposite way, and we'll see how it goes. Um, and that's fun because you know I can just do whatever I want to do right. um, while also knowing you know, the, on the broader scale that it's much different than what I've, what else I've written, but I've, you know, I've had a few conversations with, uh, with fans who, you know, there are always a few that email and respond to every single newsletter, which makes me so happy. Those are the best. Um, (laughs) They are. So I, I will tell them personally, you know, like, Hey, I got this other secret project coming up. I'm letting you know, because you're awesome. And and you talked to me about my books. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if you're into this, but it will be available very soon. And, you know, I would love to have you on the team, get you an advanced copy, la la la. And and pretty much everyone has said, I will read anything you write. 
Aww. send it to me. And that's just like, oh, <laughs> uh, like, yes, that's great. So uh, that gives me hope for, <laughs> yeah. for the future of this new series. And, and, um, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully it will be uh, well received as I'm planning. I do. I do love that though. Like, cause like our processes do change obviously, but I think there's something freeing with deciding, like you said, like, oh, this is where I would take it. So I'm going to go over here. And um, I've been sort of doing the same thing with, with my own like little secret project, um, which is completely changing the tense and the point of view yeah. that I usually write in. So it's like, Ooh, this oh boy. is, yeah, it's, it's first person present and it's the most bizarre thing. And yeah, it's just, it's just been so much fun. And I think there's a lot of value in that because getting out of our comfort zones, even as, as writers, even when we know what we're doing works is really fun and really important. And it's, you know, it's that like not writing in a vacuum anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I don't think that I would ever enjoy writing first person. <laughs> I, I hate reading it. So this is, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> I can't, I, I really can't write it, like, it's just, it removes me from the characters way more than Which writing in funny. close third person, because I can dive deep into someone in close third, right. but I can't, the I part is, like, I'm not, I'm not actually talking about myself, what are we right. doing here? <laughs> well, see, I, I think the difference is this one might be the closest to me, ah. and so maybe, like, and I'm also not plotting anything. I'm not doing any planning or anything. So I think that just, it, it's almost like stream of consciousness. Like I'm going to sure, put myself yeah. in this setting. And then, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't say that on, on air. Um, cause, cause when people <laughs> read it, they're going to be like, excuse you. Oh my You think God. what? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but we'll see. I don't know. So we sort of touched on, on what's next project wise, but, um, you know, obviously in the time of COVID, everything's different. Um, but what do you have coming up, like virtual events or, um, you know, I guess, I guess we can talk about conventions and stuff if they're at the end of the year with crossed fingers. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, who knows? So right. we are moving at the end of June. I know that is not anything like an event. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's cool. That is that is about as far as I can foresee. You know, I had a few in-person events, um, but, you know, of course they were canceled. And, and I am glad to have canceled them because I don't mm -hmm. want to be flying or not in my house right now. So I've got a few quite a few more podcasts coming up and and some Yay. radio interviews and such yeah for sleep water static which is fantastic um and it's and, coming uh, out when? yes sleep <laughs> static is coming out on may 26th Yay. so right now and then and then through to release day um it's available pre-order 99 cents and that that price will go up shortly after uh, may 26th so Grab I'm it. telling everybody to get in now. <laughs> yes, everyone <laughs> still can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so other than books to read.com slash sleepwater static, um, where can <laughs> people find you? <laughs> it's it's so nice yes. when they're when they're easy to memorize. <laughs> I know they're right, it's just right there. Why yep. not do it that way? Um first and foremost is my website that is katherinehudsonfiction.com and I just had it a uh, complete overhaul looks so of that good. website. <laughs> Thank you. I was just I'm on so it earlier excited. this morning. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's beautiful. I'm I couldn't be happier with it. Um, that's KatherineHudsonFiction.com, and I'm on Facebook and Instagram at or as <laughs> Catherine Hudson Fiction, and on Twitter as Exquisitely Dark, and um, yeah, all uh, most of all of my books are available on Amazon. Um, and uh most of them but especially the blue helix series uh are available on apple books barnes noble kobo pretty much across board everywhere and uh that's where i am awesome <laughs> yes well, we'll we'll put um you know the the relevant links down down in the description and whatnot and um people have to go find your series it's it's imperative so <laughs> 
you, you heard it here. <laughs> it is. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, well, thank you. It's definitely, you know, one of the books that helped me get out of my reader's block this year, oh. which I really, yeah. I really needed. It was, I think it was the first, yeah, it was the first adult book. Um, cause I was reading YA to kind of ease myself back in. So it was the first adult book that I read, um, this year and I cannot wait to finish the first one because I'm yeah. backwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. That that makes me so happy. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so glad I could do that for you too. <laughs> um, well, I probably will talk to you in a year. Um, I mean, I'll probably talk to you tomorrow, but you'll probably be back <laughs> on the podcast in, in about a year. Um, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll talk about your uh, urban fantasy series then. <laughs> yeah, we'll see whether or not it, it soared or just completely tanked. We'll just see how but, how far it soars. How's that? Let's let's reframe that. Okay. Whoa! Look at you getting all positive and everything. It's a new I, thing I'm trying. I have. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I've yeah. got. I'm I'm feeling pretty good about this one. Awesome. And well, I also, I can't wait to read yeah, that one too. So fingers knocking on wood. Yeah. Knocking on wood. <laughs> Um, all, all right. right I think you will very much enjoy it it is I I'm yeah. sure well okay <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty weird that's um, okay. I like weird but that's that's where I think yeah I mean I like weird too so <laughs> happy to do it excellent yay um well thank you so much for for joining me again and it's really fun to get to like pick your brain off of Facebook messenger uh, <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah, and also see nice. see your face. Well, see see a person's face, right? Because because we don't see people anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we don't have much of those. I yeah. It's it's been great to come back on here, me. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Can't wait till next time. Well, this has been the Amphibian Press podcast, and with me today was fantasy and sci-fi and everything else author Catherine Hudson. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>